0: Hello, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. My dad is, uh, he's my hero. A lot of times you'll hear me talk about him in casual conversation and um, just a man that um, modeled what it is to be a man of God to me. Uh, He was capable, good at stuff, able to uh, get things done, and and yet a big man, you know, tall and and strong, but a man of of compassion and mercy. And one of the ways that I really saw that in his life was that uh, in the summer, he would give a week of his summer to Special Touch Ministries. And uh, he would go over to Spencer Lake, which many of you know, and spend a week as a as a buddy, as a friend, as a, a cabin mate to uh, some men with, with disabilities. And I would remember going over to visit him, and he'd introduce me to his different guys. Um, oh, man. I just see a friend up there who passed away a few years back who's been a part of Special Touch for years. But there's my dad standing and his, his buddies in the chairs. Um, and it did something in me. It changed what was uncomfortable and awkward in my little six or seventh year, seven year old mind, not understanding the the reality of, of disabilities and the full humanity as a little guy. I didn't grasp that. And as I got to spend time with these guys, laugh with them, joke around with them, a couple of them would give me rides in their chairs, and um, just realizing this is this is God's heart, that we see each other as equals. We see each other not as less than, but as whole human beings, worthy of love and time and energy. And my dad would never talk down about the guys he cared for, but he would come home with stories that would just how God moved in their lives and how he learned from them and was blessed by them. And, and this, this culture of mercy was grown in my home. My mother was a social worker and would take me on social worker calls as we'd go into homes that were were rough. These people had had life treat them harshly. And she never ever spoke down about any of these people or say, "Boy, they they're a wreck, they're a mess." But she treated individuals as equals and gave her life and energy to equalize the power that they would be able to be empowered in their lives. And I don't know why I was so blessed to grow up in a home like that. I don't know why I was given the the grace on my life and the mercy of God to see that through both my parents, but I'm so thankful. Because mercy is something that flows all throughout Scripture. It is the very heart of God a heart of mercy towards all of us. And we're going to look at mercy and realize we are prepared for mercy. We are prepared for mercy. That's our big idea today, that we are prepared for mercy. And that means we are prepared to receive mercy. But also as that beautiful song we sang today said, we give mercy, we share mercy with others as well that we are receivers and givers of mercy. We see it all throughout Scripture, but the key verse for today is going to come out of Micah 6, 8 from the New Living Translation. And at Highland Church, Scripture is a cornerstone. It is life. It is truth. We believe that Scripture is the inspired Word of God given to us to be able to determine what is right in wrong, to straighten us out, to encourage us, and to make a light to our path. Let's read the word of the Lord. Micah 6, 8. O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God wants us to be people of mercy and humility, to love mercy, not just to let it be a thing that is in our life, but to be something we pursue, that we embrace, that we nurture, that we receive. 2024, our theme word for the year is prepared. And so that's why we're talking about last week prepared for ministry, this week prepared for mercy, next week prepared for the miraculous, and the week after that prepared for mission. And as we talk through these, I believe God is going to highlight one of those four M's, ministry, mercy, uh, miraculous, and mission in your life that he's saying, I've prepared you for this this year. And so as we talk today, just open your heart. Say, God, is this the one that you want to have me step out in this year? Now, he wants all four of those for all of us, but I really believe there's going to be a key one for you specifically that the Lord calls you into. So what we're going to start with, the truth about mercy is mighty mercy. Mercy is powerful. Mercy is strong. I don't know about you, but I hear the word mercy, and it seems a little uh, weak. You know, be merciful. I almost want to say it in a quiet voice. Have mercy. Or if someone's just about to get destroyed and they've lost all their abilities and nothing, then they call out for mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Or if you're doing, you know, Roman knuckles or whatever as a kid, you'd, mercy. Some said uncle. I never understood uncle. We always said mercy. That's a more direct line. Like, stop, you're destroying me. But mercy is actually powerful. It is a mighty thing that God has delivered us. The word mercy in Scripture in the original language in Hebrew and in Greek mean these things. Mercy is kindness, loving kindness, tender kindness, compassion. So even those words, a lot of people see them as, as weak or even passive words. But I want us to see what Scripture really says about mercy, that we realize kindness is powerful, tenderness is powerful. Compassion is powerful. Matthew 9:13 puts it like this. "But go and learn what this means. I love when the Bible just tells you, you got to figure this out. Okay? Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners." Jesus is teaching here and he's saying this is what this is what God wants more than your sacrifice. More than you giving of things. He wants mercy to flow. That's what he's looking for in the lives of people. He desires us to be merciful people. The God of the universe could choose whatever he wants. And he's saying, I want mercy. I want mercy to flow from you. That's what gets my heart. That's what empowers me. That's what gets my attention is when people show mercy. And then this next statement, for I have not come to call the righteous but the sinners. If you've been doing our Bible reading with us, which you can still jump on, go to highlandag.org slash Bible. Um, We've been reading through the book of Luke and Luke is saturated with stories of Jesus' mercy for people. Time after time after time, he goes to the one who's forgotten. He goes to the one who's overlooked and shares his power with them. His mercy with them. This is what God requires but it's also what he offers. We need God's mercy. The Bible tells us all of us are like sheep, and we've gone astray. We've gone after our own things. The Bible also tells us all of us are sinners, and if we say we haven't sinned, we're only lying to ourselves. Everyone else knows you're a sinner. you got to own it. (laughs) We're all broken. We're all lost. We're all sinners. We need the mercy of God. And the Bible tells us God is rich in mercy. He's got a storehouse of mercy for you. He tells us his mercies are new every morning. Did you screw up last night? Yesterday? (laughs) Amen. We're getting some response here. Yeah, I think we all have this morning slate wiped clean if you're in Christ mercies are new. He's like, I don't know what you're talking. You're like, God, I'm so sorry for what I did. I don't know what you're talking about. I know a lot of my failures. I know there's stuff I don't know about, but I know plenty of my failures. And during communion, as Pastor Bob led us in that time of reflection, I said, Lord, what is it that I need to give over to you? And I expect him to tell me my little judgmental mindsets about certain things, or my particularness, how I want something done just a certain way, and it's self-focused rather than others-focused, or my desire to look good in front of other people, you know, I want to appear better than I am. And here's what he said he wanted from me. I want your anxiety. And it shook me. Because the God of the universe, yes, he wants me to live right. Yes, he wants me to do that. But he was saying, I want to pour my mercy on you. And you are holding on to things that you think you have to fix when I want to fix them for you. He wants to pour his mercy on you. He wants to pour his mercy on me. But sometimes we have a little umbrella of our own good behavior or our own responsibility that we cover ourselves with, and he's wanting to shower us with his mercy. But we're like, no, that's my responsibility. No, I have to solve that. No, it's up to me. No, I have to feel guilty because of what I did or what was done to me. And he's saying, would you just drop it and let my mercy rain down on you, saturate you, meet you right where you are. We have received mercy. Now, this isn't an enabling idea, but it's an empowering idea. Sometimes people talk about uh, ministries of mercy that they just enable people to live wrong. They enable people to not pull themselves up and, and do what they need to do. It's just an enabling thing. But actually, true mercy, godly mercy is empowering. It takes you from where you are, brings healing to you and gives you opportunity to do things you couldn't do. It comes alongside and strengthens the one who's in need. It's not enabling, it's empowering and we'll come back to that in a moment. Lamentations 3:22 through 23 says this: Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Compassions can also be translated mercies. His mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. God's mercy keeps us from being destroyed. It keeps us from being consumed by his goodness, his holiness, his righteousness. You know, the Bible says we're gonna need brand new bodies when we get to heaven, when we come face to face with the living God. These things... They won't last. They'll be completely burnt up and consumed. So he recreates our bodies to be strong enough to endure his glory and his holiness. I get excited about that, especially, especially the older I get, the more excited I get. Like, no more aches and pains. You know, night to shine was awesome, but I got up Saturday morning and I was like, Oh. <laughs> Making noise. I was talking with someone else this week about as we get older, we just make noises when we move. It happens. But God has a new body in store for each and every one of us that is no more pain, no more suffering, and we'll be able to endure the glory of God. The Bible tells us in eternity, His Glory is so intense, the air glows. It's almost like it's turned to plasma because the strength and the glory and the power of God is so great. We see a couple places in Scripture where that's revealed. One of them is Moses. Moses goes up onto the mountaintop for 40 days and 40 nights as he receives the commands of God for his people, and he fellowships with God. God hides himself behind a great dark cloud. The cloud completely encircled the top of the mountain that Moses was on to protect Moses from the presence of God. And Moses says, Lord, I have been with you 40 days and 40 nights, but I long for more of you. Would you show yourself to me? Would you reveal yourself to me? And God says, I will, but you will see my back portions as I pass by you. You will only get to look at the back of me as I've already passed because if you catch my glory of my face, you catch the glory of me coming at you, you're done for. So Moses catches a glimpse. The Bible says God covered him in the cleft of the rock and passed by. And when God knew Moses wouldn't be destroyed, after 40 days and nights of being purified in his presence, Moses still could not look at God, passes by and Moses catches a glimpse of the back of God and it changes him. His body glows from that moment forward. He comes down off the mountain and he is literally glowing. It's like when you hold those little toys up to the light and bring them into the dark and they're glowing. He had absorbed the glory of God so intensely that others around him didn't want to come close to him because they're like, what is wrong with you? I mean, imagine if you just saw a person glowing radioactive you know I don't know what it was Moses lived to 120 so I don't think it was radiation coming off of him it was the glory of God and that glory is so intense we need to be protected our sin our fallenness our brokenness will be consumed in the presence of God Yet God desperately desires to have a close relationship with us. So how do you solve that problem? What fixes that? The mercy of God. It's like a heat shield. It's like the, the space shuttle re-entering the atmosphere. It needs special covering on it or it would be consumed. Anything coming back through the atmosphere needs heat shielding or it's completely destroyed by the atmosphere. Something you and I can just walk around in no big deal. But when you go from none to all, there's a transition that would consume you. And that's true with God's presence. We need his mercy to be the heat shield for our souls or we'd be consumed. Mercy is mighty. And how does he deliver that mercy to us? What was the pathway for him to give us that mercy? It is Jesus Christ, blood on the cross. He spilled his blood to give us mercy. You hear people talk about, I'm covered in the blood. I'm washed in the blood. And if you're new to church, that is weird terminology. Have you been washed in the blood? You're like, can we not talk? You are weird. Washed, covered in the blood. But what we mean when we say that is that Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross, allowed his blood to pay for our sins, to be the sacrifice. So his blood shields us from the glory of God that we aren't consumed, washes away the sin that would so easily set us on the wrong path, easily distract us from pursuing him, would separate us from a relationship with God. Not because God can't handle sin. We read in Job that Satan himself was in the presence of the living God. It's not like God's like, oh, I can't handle it. It's that sin is consumed in the presence of God. And he says, I want to wash that away. I want to cover you with my mercy so we can be close. Luke 6, 36 through 37 puts it like this. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. merciful. That means Father in heaven. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. What a high calling. God is not a God of weak calling. God is not a God of weakness. He calls us to things that are beyond us. He calls us to live in ways that are powerful, that are anti Us and pro Him that allow the ugly parts of us to die and the beautiful parts of Him to shine through us. He calls us to the same level of mercy that He has shown to us. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. I want to encourage you you have first been shown mercy. My mom used to tell me something, it's a scripture. To whom much is given, much is required. And I always thought that that meant my behavior had to be really good because he, she had given me a good example of how to behave. And yeah, it did mean that. But what she was saying was, you've been shown much mercy, so give much mercy. You have not been given judgment, so don't give judgment to others. You have been forgiven, so give forgiveness away. And the closer I walk with Jesus, the more his blood is close and covers me. And the more I see the goodness of God, the more I see how much forgiveness, how much mercy, how much he has overpassed over the judgment that I deserve, how much he's forgiven. And it makes me want to be like him and show mercy and love and forgiveness and a lack of judgment to others. All of us are on the path, though. None of us are perfect. I don't share this to make you feel bad. I share this to encourage you that this is what God wants to empower you to do. So think of those words: judgment, unforgiveness, condemnation. And just think which one is is the toughest for you. Which one is the hardest for you to give to others? A lack of judgment, a lack of condemnation or forgiveness? And just ask God to reveal how much he has forgiven you. How much his mercy has come to bear on your life. I've seen this lived out through an amazing woman, Diane De Los Santos, De Los Santos who was the director of... Um, of City on a Hill down in Milwaukee, an inner-city outreach, a a hospital that she had managed when it was running, and it shut down, and the hospital was given to the Assemblies of God, our fellowship were a part of, to do ministry in inner-city Milwaukee. Now, when I say inner-city Milwaukee, I mean inner-city Milwaukee. Drug deals, murders, prostitution, All of this homelessness going on right in the target zone of where this hospital was. Diane passed away just a few weeks ago. Thursday was her funeral. And I want to read something out of her obituary. Diane's life story was one of remarkable courage, resilience, and unwavering dedication to improving the lives of others and creating a more just world. Rising from the challenges of poverty as a young woman and a single mother, she turned her struggles into a powerful force for change. If you saw her, you would not be impressed. Thin, little, quiet, but this woman, through her acts of mercy, through building teams of mercy, through educating others and those in the neighborhood, changed the face of that neighborhood. Drug sales went down. Murders went down. Addictions went down. Homelessness went down. We were able to partner with them a number of times on trips as we've gone down and been able to serve there. art. Our- Is the new director, and he was up here last summer to share with you some of what's happening. An incredible ministry, but let me tell you, it was hard work, but she never stopped. She was actually recruited by the CIA for a while to help catch some of the drug dealers in that neighborhood. She had a man trying to break in to steal from them, and she went to hit the panic button, but she hit the open door button, and the man walked right in. And her assistant went through and locked all the other doors as she sat there and talked with the man. What's going on in your life? What do you need? She met him with mercy. Mercy with honor. Not because he was an honorable man, but he was created by God. And God instills honor in every human person. And she called that out of that man. Those are just a couple of the many stories of her life. This woman of mercy, a mighty woman of mercy. So what does mercy do? What does it produce? What does it look like? Well, Secondly, it's about honoring the forgotten. There's so many people in our world that are forgotten or overlooked or intentionally put to the sideline because they're difficult, because they're uncomfortable, because they don't meet our level of intellect, income, or physical or intellectual ability, and we just rather not deal with them. But Jesus sees it differently. I'm going to read a passage out of Matthew 25, 34 through 40. You can look that up and read it along. It won't be on the screens, but essentially this whole second point, I just want to read this passage. This is Jesus sharing a parable about what God is looking for. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, come. You who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, That word least of these is summed up in the Greek word ani, A-N-I. And it means poor, low social status, a social outsider, a different nationality than the majority. Jesus is saying whenever you do an act of mercy to those in need, you are serving Jesus. Whenever you give of your finances, give of your time, give of your energy, give of your comfort. You are giving to Jesus. Maybe you are one of those. Maybe you heard that and you're like, I don't have anything to give. I identify with those being ministered to. Let me tell you this. Jesus says he is you. You may have been feeling belittled, forgotten, less than. You may have blamed yourself for your position in life and in society. I want you to know in this story, Jesus says, I am you. He identifies as you in this. You are loved by the King of Kings. You are so close to his heart that he says, we're the same. You and me, we're the same. So I just want you to know, Jesus sees you. He feels your pain. He understands your mental illness, your poverty, your sickness, your feeling of not belonging. He understands who you are so much that he says, anytime anyone does something for someone in that state, they are doing it to me. And what a beautiful truth for those who've been able to serve, to show mercy to those in need, that we get to serve the king of kings as we wipe the saliva off the cheek as it's run down, as we change the soiled clothing of those who can't do for it themselves, as we feed those with no home, as we meet the one who just can't seem to have a normal conversation and just sit with them, We are serving Christ. I just want to share quickly a few of the things that are happening at Highland Church or that are happening with people who are connected to our church that you can be a part of I know for me a lot of times it helps to come alongside others who have found good ways to do this because I don't know the best way to meet the need so many times. We can assume we know what the individual in need needs, but we don't know well. So I found it's incredibly good to partner with those who've walked alongside of the ani, the outsiders, the low in status to say, how can we meet your need right with honor, with dignity, with respect. I'm just going to read a few of these here, let you know about them. If you're interested in them, you can email us. You can connect with me. I would love to get you connected with these wonderful organizations or ministries to serve those in need. One that you hear about a lot is Royal Family Kids, outreach to kids in the foster care system. But I want to let you know we are expanding our ministry at Highland Church to those involved in the foster care system. God's put it on the heart of our church in a special way. We're going to begin it, beginning a new ministry to teenagers uh, in foster care. Uh, Lori Van Veen is heading that up, working to help provide the needs because kids age out of royal family kids and they're teenagers. They still have needs, sometimes greater needs than the young ones. And she has felt the passion and compassion of the Lord to meet them. We are working, and you'll hear more about it in the next month, but a ministry to help support families who want to foster kids and foster kids. If you've been wanting or interested in fostering children, but you're like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know the process. I don't think I have what it takes. We have a ministry that's being developed right now to come alongside of you, to empower you, to inform you, to give you respite and clothing and meals and opportunities so you can step out because we don't want you to do it on your own. We as a church body are in it with you. And so we want to come alongside of you. Another one is special touch. That that Debbie Chivers, who is on our worship team this morning, oversees, she leads that ministry. That's the one I talked about where my dad went for the summer and and counseled, or, or was a, a buddy, a caregiver to these guys. It is an incredible week, but it's a, a year-long ministry. It's an international ministry to people with special needs, to be able to come in and meet them right at their point of need and say, hey... Let's learn about Jesus together. Let's serve together. We support uh, a couple of our local missionaries as well that go out and do that, Tommy and Cindy Mayer. You will start not seeing them soon because special touch season starts and they are gone. And I always tell them, I love when I don't see you because I know you're out doing ministry, showing acts of mercy to people but they're always looking for caregivers. It's a very doable thing. I just want a show of hands. How many of you have been to Special Touch, a caregiver or guest? Yeah, so we see a number of you who have been a part of that. I want to encourage you in that. A Backpack outreach. There's a simple little clear tote sitting under the information desk. Everything that's put in there goes to people who are in prison and being coming out of prison to help provide for them. So they have a leg up when they're going into the world. So many times I've worked with guys who are in prison, they have incredible plans to walk right and free when they get out and they have no resources and they fall back in to their old lifestyle. But we want to partner with them and help them have what they need so when they come out, they can do it. Peri May is uh, the one who oversees that. She oversees another ministry that is incredible. She and a number of other women go into strip clubs. Go backstage where the women are preparing, um, give them cupcakes, pray for them, love on them, tell them they matter and that the God of the universe loves them just as they are. What a ministry to those who many would forget about or judge. And if that's something you're interested in, women, let me know and I will connect you. Um, they are also looking for couples because the men will get together and pray for their wives as they go minister, pray for the women in a different location as those women do ministry in the strip clubs. Our Plainfield Food Pantry, uh, Joseph Hope that uh, teams up with New Life Church, that's a sister church to us down in Plainfield. A number of you have gone down there and helped out, feeding one of the poorest counties in our state. Incredible opportunity. Um, outreach uh, to to our community one of the things we're talking about and we'd love any resources or ideas you have we are trying to figure out how can we impact the unhoused community in Stevens Point we are having more and more people with no homes in our community and we need to figure out a way to empower them out of homelessness and come alongside and we don't have the answers yet but we're trying to figure it out Another ministry that I just found out about that the the international director of Attends Our Church is a ministry to pastors' wives calling Supporting Hands for the Forgotten. So many pastors' wives are forgotten. Their, Their spouses do so much of the work and they're just on the sidelines. And this is an international ministry to reach pastors' wives. If that's something that grabs your heart, let's connect. Celebrate Recovery for those with hurts, habits, and hangups, addictions in their life or in their family that they need to be set free. We, it's just continuing to grow. I was here on Thursday night and saw uh, uh, some of what was going on. It's an incredible ministry. Small groups starting soon for those that have dealt with abuse and trauma called It's a New Day. That's going to be starting at the beginning of March. Um, and the most recent one, I mean, I could go on and on, but we got we got time. We got to keep moving here. Night to Shine. How many were involved in Night to Shine this last weekend? It was so awesome. This incredible prom and honoring of people with special needs. We have a little video Pastor Bob put together. Let's just take a look at that. (laughs) Now, I share all these things not to brag on Highland Church. But just to say there are opportunities all around us to serve people. And I could go on and on and on and on, but we don't have the time. But I look at the faces in this room and see the time and energy and heart and money you have given to show mercy. And it just does my heart good to see people loving like Jesus. Oh, It's awesome. I want to take this moment to say a special thank you to Pastor Bob for all the endless energy and work and time. Thank you. And his amazing team. I know he would say, I can't do it on my own, and he can't. But all of you who helped, thank you, thank you, thank you. I heard person after person say, this is my favorite night of the year. Both guests and buddies and volunteers. I had a young guy tell me, I never have felt like this before. When I'm able to serve tonight, I just was so filled up and felt so much joy. This was a 16-year-old guy. And just hearing the power That mercy brings into our lives. The last thing I want to say is that we are called to empower the weak. Mercy is empowering to the weak. All throughout the Bible, we see an equalization of power. God disrupts the methods and preferences and even rules of this world to equalize power. And that is his mercy. We see things like the last born becoming the king, the outsider leading the nation, the forgotten being remembered, the child being set up as the king of the country, the one unable to conceive becoming the father of a nation, the unwed mother who bears a child that becomes savior, the mighty oppressor is taken down, the Gentiles become the chosen people, the unchosen and ignored become the leaders, the sick are healed, the dead are raised to life, the hopeless are given hope. It is who God is and it is his story throughout history and his story for you and for me. He equalizes power through mercy. Okay, I'm a little techie and, and geeky, so this was the illustration I came up with for this. It is a compressor. So this here is a musical uh, process that's done to bring things into alignment. What it does is it takes the loud noises and makes them a little quieter, and takes the little noises and makes them a little louder, so your music sounds good, and you aren't like turning it up and down throughout the song, if it's done right. Uh, so at the top, you can kind of see no compression, and then the bottom is with compression. It's louder. Those lower parts are made louder. At the bottom there is a uh, a simple <laughs> little machine. You can see there's three knobs on it and a couple switches. That machine sells for $4,700. And all it does is turn down the loud and turn up the quiet. But it does it in a way that is gentle, that adds a certain sense of life and 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 warmth to the mix and that the outcome is obviously worth it because people continue to spend that kind of money to compress their audio. But that's what God does. He brings down the mighty and he lifts up the meek. That's what mercy does, is it compresses humanity so we are equal. So we are all at the same level. The Bible, our people have said, and I see it so true through Scripture, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. God is not impressed by our money, by our intellect, by our skill, even by our sacrifice. He is in love with all of us. And though Joan will tell you she is God's favorite, And I would agree with that. I would say, you are all God's favorite. You are all God's favorite. He loves us all equally. So we are called to share that kind of love with others, to lead them gently and kindly. The good compressor doesn't slam things down. It gently brings the transformation. It gently changes things in the right way to bring life and warmth. We could go out there and be warriors to force the change or we can walk into lives with grace and mercy and lead people to transformation in Jesus Christ. That the lowly are lifted up and those who think too much of themselves are brought down. Because that's the heart of God. Leveling the power differential. Luke 1 53 through 54 says this, He has lift, He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy. Now this isn't to say if you're rich and powerful and have influence that you're bad. It's just say, saying, use those riches and in influence and power to help those who have none to empower them for opportunities that they may not have because of whatever opportunities you have, because of your hard work, because of your status, because of your family, because land that's been purchased for you, I don't know. But we in this nation so many times say, well, you got to fix it yourself. When God calls us to be a family. If your kid's in trouble, you just say, fix it yourself, forget it. Dad, if your little one falls down and scrapes their knee, you just say, get up, deal with it. You shouldn't have tripped. No, you go there. You lift him up. You put a Band-Aid on that knee and you show him, hey, here's how you don't do that again. That's the heart of God. To whom much is given, much is expected. The final verse in worship team, come on up. We're going to be wrapping up here. Luke 6.20 says this, and he lifted up his eyes. On his disciples, and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. There's the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. Jesus taught the same thing on the mountaintop and here on the plain that those who look like outsiders. Are insiders, those who lack, their lack will be satisfied. Those who don't have will be given. And one of the greatest ways Jesus does this is through you and me, his hands and his feet. So if God has touched your heart today, as we've talked about mercy, that God has prepared you for mercy, that big idea of today, we are prepared for mercy. I just want to give you an action step. Find out where you can serve. Find out where you can plug in. Or if there's someone in your life that you know needs mercy, show them mercy. Show them mercy. Meet them where they are and love on them. As we wrap it up here, I just want to give an opportunity for those of you who maybe aren't followers of Jesus yet. You haven't stepped into his beautiful mercy, but you've heard something today that gripped your heart and you're like, I need that. I want to know that God that wants to know me. The Bible tells us if we repent from our sins, if we turn away from our sins and turn to him, he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of every wrong thing. But we have to accept Jesus as that forgiver and the leader of our life. So I'm going to pray that prayer. You just pray it with me as I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I need you. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I need your hope in my life. I'm sorry for all the things I've done that aren't your plan. I turn away from that. I turn my back on those old ways, those sins. I repent of them and turn to you. Will you lead my life from this day forward? Will you fill me with your Holy Spirit that I can live out what you created me for? I give you my life today, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening and please join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. for our worship service.